Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome everybody to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets, episode 148. Boys Club today, guest free, a lot no, no. of automotive content. What? No, I'm the guest today. Oh, you're the guest? Yeah, I've decided. Well, All you're right, America's well, guest. let's introduce everybody yeah, in the room to my, across the table. <laughs> Andy Brant-Bernard. Mike Gelfand. And special guest, Tom Bernard. <laughs> oh, God, what am I going to ask you? What the hell's wrong with you? What's the matter with you? Something like What's that. What's your favorite part of the car? And you can't say engine. Yeah, what is your favorite car part, Tom? The front seat. Oh, there I you go. see. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Doug, how are things going at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan? Well, we're in first and second place for the year in Minnesota. Well, that's pretty impressive. What do you think the secret is? Well, clearly people like overpaid morning DJs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate. That hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days, that's pretty darn good, Dougie. With all those Rogues and Pathfinders, free powertrain warranty, and low interest rate financing, no wonder Burnsville and Coon Rapids are setting records. We're like the Aaron Judge and Rob. Roger Maris of Nissan's. No, no, you're not. Um, I did do a little prep work, and I have some interesting automotive stories. And Wait I'll... a minute. You did prep work? I do well, do three that. three weeks or however long it's been. How long has it been? <laughs> oh, we, were, we took Thanksgiving off. Mm-hmm. And was somebody sick the week before, or did we have a show? Did we, did. Have the, did we have the show? Did we on the two 17th? Weeks ago, yeah. So we only missed yeah. one only because one of a week. national holiday. I thought that was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the talk and text line is open, 561-228-4061. And Tyre Carver, I did get your email. I will find you a spot on that. He wants to come in and be a guest. Oh. So Tyre so, Carver does? Yeah, so I'll find, find a spot for him to slide on, and any any promise to bring... Works for me, Pally. The Christmas treat that he always brings. Oh, they love the Christmas treats. <sighs> Caramels. Uh, homemade. Christmas. Christmas. Really. I mean, the holiday gift. Yeah, because of Kwanzaa and Han- Hanukkah. That's right. Mm-hmm. And Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. What? There's one more, isn't there? 
There's Hanukkah, there's Kwanzaa, there's Festivus, there's Christmas, and there's one more, but I can't remember it. Uh, there's more every day. Yeah, that's that true. Is true. That's there's true. really <laughs> a great sale at Walzer Automotive Group. I'm just Walzer.com. There's a Muslim one, isn't there, in December? That's Kwanzaa, isn't it? No, no Kwanzaa is no, an American, American, American uh, specifically right. an American black thing. I think there, thing. Is a, it's made there up. is a Muslim one, I think. But they're all made up, so. I'm not sure. Uh, Ramadan, I think. No, there, we just uh, had Ramadan. Ramadan. Did we? I think. I'm, I'm a lapsed It was a while Muslim, ago, actually. So. I'll t- I have a funny story about that. So I had a guy working for me, Cyrus Downey the Fourth. What a great name. I know him from somewhere. Yeah, if you grew up in a rough neighborhood in Alabama uh, and you're Cyrus 38 Downey. years old. There's Morton Downey. But... Yeah, Morton Downey Jr., that's true. Yeah, maybe there is so, none in December. Yeah, and he worked huh. as an analyst in the software company, and he reported to me. And um, Israel does tend to shut down sometime in, from mid-September till end of October. There's just a whole series of religious holidays. Yep. That Yom they, Kippur, right. I think. Yep, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, they start um, in January 1st and go to December. But they really do. Yeah, they, exactly. They do, true. They, they do have a little bit different time-off policy there than yeah. we have. But anyway, so we were. T- I was talking to him in a meeting, and he goes, yeah, we get to roll out these updates uh, pretty soon before the whole country shuts down for Ramadan. And I said, yeah, I don't think Israel's going to shut down down for that one. Probably not. It's nice that you're trying to become more culturally aware. That was kind of fun. Very even keel. Yep. Ramadan. Okay, here's story number one. BMW caused an outcry by introducing a subscription plan for heated seats earlier this year. Mercedes appears to be planning to raise that by an order magnitude of two. The drive uncovered an acceleration increase service on Mercedes' website that's coming soon for its EQ electric vehicles. So yep, I've seen that. The EQ brand is, you know, like your old one was a, a S-Class. There's now an EQS, which well, is an electric yeah, S-Class, yeah. and I think they have an EQ, whatever the E-Class is, so on and so forth. It's, they're, the S is out, the E's are coming, so on and so forth. As the name suggests, acceleration increases a performance enhancer to increase the vehicle's acceleration. Mercedes says it improves the major characteristics curves and torque while improving the maximum output by the motors by 24%. This tweak cuts acceleration time 0 to 60 by about a second. So if you want your car that you've paid, you know, an uh, EQS class is 100 and, well, we looked at that. I think they're 100 and a quarter, somewhere in there. I mean, a lot of money. Yeah, plenty of money for a to, car. But to buy a, the full um, engine. But so, if you want it to go uh, use all of its potential, it only costs you twelve hundred dollars a year. I know. Hundred bucks a month, so your yep. engine works properly. Uh, it will be available for the EQE, three fifty four Matic, the SUV, the EQS. I, I just think this is a terrible it's, idea. It's going to blemish their brand so badly. I, I, it's. I don't know. You know, when you buy an iPhone, it says when you buy an iPhone, you're, you pay your cellular provider to use the data network they maintain. Apple may charge a monthly fee to store your phone on their iCloud network, but at least you're getting something for it. This is just, we built this car that'll do that, but if you want it to do that, you got to pay more mm-hmm. after spending $125,000. Yeah, I'm not paying $125,000 for my phone. If I was, right. I would expect it to come with free wireless, maybe. Yeah, I would think you would get some sort of some a benefit sort of for $125,000 yeah, exactly. phone. Maybe it would have the ability to never answer an incoming phone call. I already have that people, ability. People would pay for that. <laughs> so, I don't know what these 
what these uh, manufacturers are thinking. Um, it's, yeah, everything is going into software as a service, and it's a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, even like half the software we use for this show, all the Adobe stuff, it's all software as a service, yeah. and it has been for ages. Yeah. Whereas it used to be, I mean, it used to be one could argue overpriced. You know, it was probably like $300 to buy Photoshop or whatever, yeah. but at least you owned it. You buy Photoshop, and then you just have it. Whereas now it's like, you know, you got to pay $20 a month. Yeah. And if you ever stop paying, you don't own it anymore. Yeah, I bought a different Adobe version of that for a photo development called Elements. And I yep. think that's that is SaaS now as well. And they all are. Software there is as no a service is what SaaS stands Microsoft, for. Microsoft uh, Office, all of that software as a service. It yeah. all is. Everything is. But I bought the uh, Elements, I guess it was in 16, and I paid $90 for the software. And I'm like... This is so sophisticated. It's never going to be able to not do something that I need. That's true. Would you tell Mike McVeigh which number to call to be on the show? Okie dokie. You got a guest? Yeah, what do you think of that action? Wow, things are looking up. Apparently we won't have to talk about cars on a show called Car Selling Secrets. Oh, no, I understand this one. There's a story I was going to tell you anyway. And this is the guy that story was on. Uh, oh, cool. I can't really hear it, but it's hard to tell. <coughs> I think I'll be able to probably be fine. All right. Yep, I'll this is... Mike. All yeah. right, I got to text him the number, and then I'll call in. All right. You're going to love this guy. <clears throat> so tell us about our new guest. Mike McVeigh. Oh, you have to face ID. Oh, wait, I think I can probably guess your password. Yep. <laughs> That's not good news. My my son. I think a, I could probably guess it too. Probably. Son, not for long. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. That's, I did guess it. Well, I mean, you do have to get a hold of the phone in order to put the password in. Right. That's so, right. Yeah. Well, when he calls in, I'll tell you all about it. Mike. Mike is a very very good friend of mine. Four zero six one. Right. What's four zero? Oh, the, the the number. The number here. Yeah. Uh, five six one, two two eight. Four zero six one. The okay. talk and text line is about to be taken up. There by we go. You can very important clients. Thank you, Joe. See, all we ever do is work as a team yeah. over here. It's awesome. It's assembly line guest, style. You're the, gonna love the Mike show. McVay. Started out like it was gonna suck, and then suddenly it has the potential to suck considerably less. Yeah, it's not true. It still will suck. <laughs> uh, to explain who he is before he calls in, Mike McVeigh was the head of programming for Cumulus when they first took over ten years ago. Mike McVeigh is, I adore the man. He's a very dear friend of mine. He and I work together really, really well. You shouldn't have said that because he's on the line. Oh, damn it. You heard that? <laughs> I, I, I figured you didn't know I was listening or you wouldn't be so nice. Oh, my God. I, I Don't ever tell anybody I called you a dear friend of mine. <laughs> uh. Well, I... I appreciate it. The feeling is mutual. Well, that's good. We, apparently, they're having trouble with the headphones. Andy, yeah, could you turn Mike up just a little bit? Uh -huh. I'm really glad you called in, Mike, because uh, you're. Oh, by the way, this show, uh, Doug Sprinthal, who's uh, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, one of the biggest advertisers, if not the biggest advertiser on the KQ Morning Show. Certainly the coolest. Mike Gelfan, who was one of the reasons the KQ Morning Show took off 37 years ago in the first place. And Andy, my son, is here. So. Mike McVeigh was. Wow. Uh, what was your actual title when you were at Cumulus? The head of head of programming. It was uh, one of those big fancy ones. Executive vice president, content and programming. Oh wow! Big shot. Okay, now I'm getting. Does to that the come yeah. with a corner office? Yeah. Do you, you know, did you have a corner office? I did have a corner office. 
with big windows and everything. The only thing I was missing was a button to push and make the door close behind uh, you when you walked in. The mat button. Well, you know, he must have done a great job because I was exactly. not aware of him. Yeah, that's right. There you go. So Mike McVeigh is with us. He, uh, Mike and I still uh, work together on different things. He introduced me to Charles Steinhauer, uh, uh, who is uh, is working on the show as well. Man, he was one of the people that started Westwood One, right, Mike? Yeah, Charles uh, was there for many years as their, you know, chief financial officer, and then rose up to become chief operating officer and one of the leaders of that radio network for years. Before that, he worked at a network called Dial Global. Yeah. So he has a lot of experience in the network business. So Mike introduced me to Charles. They both came to town, and we had a nice time. And uh, I don't know how it happened, but Mike got the executive suite over at the Fauché Tower uh, Hotel while he was here, and he took a video of it to show me. <laughs> that was really great. <laughs> Thank you so much I for would, that. I, I, that suite was so big, I walked in and I thought, sure, there were other people living somewhere in, other, in a different room inside the suite. It was so, <laughs> so, Mike, one thing, uh, how much time do you do you have? Uh, Ten minutes? You, you got a few? How many minutes do you have? Sure, I'm good. If you don't mind, I'm walking. Believe it or not, I oh, that's great. I am, and this is a live action broadcast. I'm on the move, walking. So, you, yes, exactly. As long as the noise isn't too loud, you'll tell me if it is. But that sounds great. I don't hear any noise at all. Sounds really good, Mike. Uh, Doug Sprinthal, every Thursday, hosts on the podcast Car Selling Secrets. He is, uh, you know, big shot over at Walzer Automotive Group. So, Doug, if you would, if you would ask him the question, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. So it's a tradition, and it's uh, it's a it's this is like the Seinfeld of uh, uh, automotive podcast because we hardly ever talk about cars other than the tradition of having guests <laughs> tell the story of their very very first car. So, Mike, what was the first car that you ever? Uh, got your 16-year-old mitts on. <laughs> a 1962 Corvair Spider. Ooh. <laughs> for those that me. don't speak uh, fluent Corvair, that's a that's the convertible version of the most dangerous car General Motors ever produced. <laughs> exactly. so not only is it the exactly. most dangerous car, but you don't have a roof either. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was uh, it was the first car in the U.S. that had the engine in the back, unsafe at any speed. Technology, yeah. yeah. And the technology then was such that uh, they they couldn't reverse things. So the stick shift, which was on the floor, you shifted in a backwards, upside down motion. Oh yeah, that makes so sense. For those of you that have ever that. driven a standard car, well, first is is in that car was reversed, so it was all backwards. Who's all backwards? Why would they do that? Well, because the engine was in the back, so everything was basically uh, well, mirrored. That's true. And yeah, it was all mirrored. analog back then, so there was no like control chip yeah, or anything. That was GM's first attempt at a, at a fuel-efficient car. The Ford came out with a Falcon in 1960, and you know, people were starting to worry about gas prices as they cracked 20 cents a gallon. But you know, other than the fact that they weren't terribly well-built or designed cars, there was something kind of cool about those old Corvairs. Especially yeah, if you I'll survived. Tell you what, as a, yeah, as a collector, I wish that I had that car today, you know, just because it was so unique and unusual. Um, and in, in those days, you could work on cars. And so I actually, it was also, there was no radiator in it, that you remember. It was all air-cooled. Yeah, it's like a Volkswagen. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, and so I had to replace the blower, which I was able to do myself. 
where today not only would I not get my fingers dirty, but I couldn't fix it if I knew how. I don't think that you're supposed to fix cars when you have the corner office. <laughs> That's part of the allure of having the corner office. People fix your car for you. Well, with, with the Corvair, you often had the coroner office. That's right. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, that's true. So, Mike, the reason that I wanted to reach out to you is I had the most bizarre week. So, yesterday, was it yesterday? I think it was yesterday. I've had a cold. I've been sick for nine, ten days. It's been unbelievable. What are you, people honking at you because you're so handsome? Is that the plan? Yeah, exactly. They know that it's a car feature. We're in the car feature part. Right? <laughs> That's right, exactly. Like, hey, I've got a car. So you're going to love this part. So I wake up yesterday morning. I'm not feeling all that great anyway. And um, I look over at my phone, and I have a couple of messages. I have several messages, as a matter of fact. And I am not making this up. I look at the first message, and it says, and I quote, McVeigh is dead. What? It says McVeigh oh, is dead. I'm like, holy Christ. I mean, like, I go into this panic. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. Of course, then I find out it's Christine McVie who's dead. Ah! <laughs> now, so here's the best part. Yeah. So today, yeah. so I straightened that out in the air yesterday. If anybody got a text message that McVeigh's dead, he's not. It's Christine McVie Unless that's you're dead. talking about Timothy, and he's yeah, been dead Timothy. for a while. Yeah, yeah. McVeigh's been dead for a long time. Yeah. Ixnay, that's Mike's yeah. cousin. No. <laughs> Hey, well, hey, look at the hey, time. Hey, hey. <laughs> so, hey. this morning, Mike Evans comes on. Mike Evans is doing his Hollywood report. He goes, you know, it's, yep. a, it's a pretty tough day in Hollywood and across all of America because, unfortunately, McVeigh is dead. So I said, it's McVee, for Christ's sake. Would you people understand? Oh, it's I-E. When is that ever A? Yeah, how is that McVeigh? <laughs> so I thought you were dead for about 10 minutes. Mike is occasionally known well, to get things you. wrong. As long as, you know, isn't there, think about that for a second with all of us. Isn't there a part of you that would like to know what people would say if you had died and they were standing there looking at your coffin? Oh, Cumulus tells me that every day. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I think there was a Curb Your Enthusiasm. I feel like that was a episode. plot or something. Yeah. yeah, was it? I think it might have been uh, someone. Everyone thought someone had died, so they had a funeral, and then he like read his eulogy. I and think everything. it was Albert Brooks, wasn't it? I think God, it might have been. Yeah, I love Albert Brooks. <laughs> I, I tell you the kind of friends I have. I got three emails yesterday, and each one said, "McVie is dead." And then when I scrolled down, it said, and you're getting older, too. <laughs> well, oh, jeez. <laughs> it's a nice oh, touch. Oh, man, those are good friends. Yeah, really. Yeah. Hey, Tom, does Mike know uh, Mitt Romney? Do they work there at the same time? I might have. I think so. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what the hell was his name again? I don't remember. Oh, Mitt what? Romney was in radio? No, he looked no. exactly like Mitt Romney. Oh, what was that guy's name Cumulus again? Cumulus took over, and they fired Pete Frisch, who was the GM of the station. And everybody loved Pete. Oh, I love mm-hmm. Pete. And we were up for contract renewal, and our marketing director, who was a good friend of mine at the time, was kind of pissed. So we went out to lunch with Tom and Pat Eberts, who was the rep, and then this guy who looked exactly like Mitt Romney, which is why we still call him mm. that. And we're having a nice little lunch, and then this friend of mine, the marketing director, who was 
not known for his temper. He's a pretty mild-mannered guy. Oh, God. He goes, let me get something straight. We dig Tom. We love Pat. We were big fans of Pete Frisch. We fucking hate you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do live spots with Walzer, otherwise cancel the contract. And Mitt kind of went back on his heels a little bit and looked at Tom, and he goes, what do you think? And Tom's like eating this up. What? Somebody slapped down a corporate guy, and he goes, I'm in. And so Mitt Romney goes, well, I'm going to have to check with the program director. I'm like, you're like the vice president of everything. Anyway, I don't remember the guy's name, but in our memories, he's lived on as Mitt Romney. He's the guy from Poughkeepsie. What the hell is his name again? You remember him, Mike? Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie? He was the head of... I don't know who that would be. About about what year was that? I want to say this was 2010. It was a long time ago. Yeah, the first, 11, year, first year you guys were there. Oh, so it was when Timos first took over, it might have been Jan Jeffries. No. Or John Dickey. Wasn't John Dickey. It was neither no, one of the Dickies. It him. was... Oh my God! I the guy he he's just he thought he was this genius and he thought he was a very bright guy. He was yeah, just Gary Pizzotti. Gary, Gary Pizzotti. That's it. That's it. Perfect. Pizzotti, Romney. <laughs> What's the sure. difference? Same thing. God, remember how cocky he used to oh, be? Oh man. I wonder what he, what's he doing now. Do you know? Is he still working? Yeah, he owns a uh, direct marketing company and is still in Atlanta running a uh, direct marketing company. So I, he, I liked Gary. I got along. I got along with Gary. I'm well, sure that you know he was executing some rules or some something that somebody above told him he had to do. But I liked Gary. Well, I'll tell you the reason that Gary and I didn't get along is the first words he ever said to me were, uh, "I know you think you run this place, but not with me around." I'm like, "Well, thank you, thank you so much. That's a great start. Thank you so much." But what the hell? Yeah, that's yeah. right. He did look like Mitt Romney, though, you got to admit. Was that before Beard or after? Uh, I can't remember. Yeah, I've had a few of those. I've, I've heard a few of those kind of stories over my years where somebody walks in and tells the talent how it's going to be. Oh, yeah. Um, and I learned very early in my career, talent are kind of important. You know, I could be wrong on that, but radio stations that seem to do best have really good air talent. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of works out that way, doesn't it? Could it? just be a coincidence, of course. Yeah, yeah I, that's, that's I, very I could true. be wrong. But I just wanted you—I wanted you to know, and I wanted to get a hold of you and let you know that for ten minutes I thought you were dead yesterday. That's nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's really, I'll tell you what's amazing is think how long Fleetwood Mac has been around, and people still have trouble pronouncing her last name. I know. It's amazing. I mean, that, that's crazy, right? Well, it's all because of the Unabomber. <clears throat> Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's true. Well, but it, you're right. It is, it, and it's even more stupid when you realize that there's two people in the band with the same last name. Yeah, her husband, <laughs> right? <laughs> ex-husband. I think well, ex-husband. Yeah, that's true. They were married for about two minutes, weren't they? Exactly. Well, I think they were together for never, quite a while, actually. That. You could never figure out who was sleeping with who in that band. Either. Oh God, yeah, that's absolutely true. There's no question about that. But let's see, how long were they together? And Andy's uh, looking up John and John? Christine McVie. Uh, eight years. Okay. Well, that's not more terrible. than a minute. More than a minute. That's, so that's, a lo- that's a long time for a rock and roll marriage. That is very true. Or a guy who works at a car company. That's right. <laughs> or a radio DJ. It's like, come on. <laughs> radio disc jockeys, man. So, so, Mike, when are you coming back to town? 
Um, I would love to come back. Let's see. Is it snowing there right now? Yes. It's very cold. Too. Well, it had snowed. Now it's so. Now it's too cold to snow. So. Exactly. Yeah, probably when thaw hits, like May 15 or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so maybe I'll see you when we're on vacation in Florida. Or Although I don't have anything to be on vacation <laughs> that, from anymore. That would be much, much better, much better. Well, we got to work I, it out. Uh, I love going down there. I had no idea the last time I was down there and I stayed at the hotel right by you. Yes. That you lived that close, so. Yeah, Next that, time for sure we'll get together. Well, I just want you to know that, that when I said you're <laughs> one of my favorite people and I adore you, that I was just lying. I want you to know that. Why? Well, I thought that kind of went without having to be said. <laughs> I mean, I, I, well, I, I, I figured that's what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like, honest to God, I just... It, well, I'm telling you, though, it's I, I can tell somebody now who's still alive, it really drove me nuts when I thought you were dead for 10 minutes. I hated that. Thank so, you, though. I, I appreciate that. That is very kind. Seriously, thank you. Uh, you're a good man. All right. Well, I will thank talk you. to you soon. Say hello to Charles, and I'll talk to you soon, Pally. I will do it. Best wishes to you and yours. Thanks a lot, Mike. Tom here with my good friend, CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Michael, I was out in Maple Grove the other day, saw your new branch that's under construction. It's looking great. Thanks, Tommy. We're very excited to open our new Maple Grove branch in the Arbor Lakes area later this year. Well, the way I do math, that's the sixth North American Banking Company, and you only have five fingers. How'd you get to six? I used my computer. (laughs) (laughs) We better not ad-lib. All right, we won't ad-lib. Never mind. People will... Well, well, you're not mean. that good at it. Oh, yes, yeah, that's true. That's, you know, we have locations in Roseville, 50th in France, Hastings, Woodbury, and Shoreview. One thing I like about being a North American Banking Company customer is I can do a lot of my banking online or on your mobile app, but sometimes it helps to go in and talk to one of your friendly bankers in person. Everybody loves when you visit, Tommy. We hope to see you in Maple Grove soon. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Mike McVeigh, ladies and gentlemen, and he's still alive and well. Seems like a nice guy. Oh, Mike McVeigh, if he were still at Cumulus, I would be staying there. There's no question. They, that people around surrounded him. He used to go to them all the time and go, "Would you settle down? The guy's got the highest rating morning show in America. Leave him alone." You know. And after he left, boy, did everything change. It was unbelievable. So when you're when you're saying you'd still be there, is am I to infer that others maybe wouldn't? The possibility. I just wondered. That's I don't know. <laughs> I don't make the calls for the company. You know what I'm saying? But uh, you know. but you know how weird that is. And I, I want to be just spend a couple more minutes on this. To think that a dear friend of yours is dead is very painful. That is not good. Well, especially as you get older when it's a reality. It does start to happen. That's true. Well, I've known, again, 27 friends of mine have died in the last 25 months. No, no, it's... it's, Jesus. The more you know. And I just went through that deal with Andy Fisher, too. Yeah. 
you know, went over there, and he's just, oh, my God, it was terrible. Remember the good old days when you thought getting old meant that you were going through a process of attrition? Yeah. It's just loss is what it is. It's, it's all, yeah, I don't mean to, of course, and naturally, I don't mean to bum anyone out. No, naturally. No, I would never do that. The Sandy Duncan of the Duncan. Twin Cities. Sandy Duncan. There's, <laughs> Sandy an, there's Duncan. a reference. But, but the I'm, other side of it, of course, is we do appreciate our friends more. Well, and my son, Andy, our son, Andy, is named after Andy Fisher. I mean, that's how he, how close Andy Fisher and I were. Mm-hmm. And to have to hold his hand while he's dying and tell him how much I love him and how much, uh, you know, that he meant to me my whole life. And I'm crying like a son of a bitch. That's a very, very tough deal to go through, I'll tell you that. So then I got some dimwit telling me another great friend of mine's dead. So it didn't go over too well. I didn't like that. So I'm very, very happy that Mike McVeigh called me during the show. Yeah, no, it, seems, it sounds like a nice guy. Oh, he, you would love Mike McVeigh. He's just a really hard-working, very, very smart guy. Really smart guy. And wasn't it quaint to hear him talk about the necessity for talent I, in radio? Wasn't that amazing, <laughs> that that's, comment? That's a pretty uh, rare viewpoint these days. Oh, there's no question about it. To, to think that anybody else, no matter what your company is, that anybody else matters other than you, yeah. I mean, it's it's shocking. There's no question about it. So, you know, I'm, I'm in such a great mood to be around the three of you. We'll find a way to ruin to it. Mike McVeigh. Huh? Now, he, honest to God, there are many, many times McVeigh had to stand up to that company and say, leave him alone. Yeah. Because they just love to mess with the talent. If you make any money... They don't like that. You know, I, in my automotive career, I mentored some young sales managers, and I, I was guilty of the same thing. You really have three different groups that make up a sales force. You've got the bottom 5%, which are just horrible, and God yeah. can't make them any better. <laughs> and then you got the middle 75% that are, you know, they're trying and they need some help. And then you've got the superstars that with a little bit of management, you can move them back down into the middle group. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's right. And well, yeah, they, all, that's right. they all think, you know, just like your experience, it's the same in a sales organization or probably anything else. It's like, damn it, he didn't do this right. And it's like, he sold 45 cars last year. Let's hurry on. Down. Let's work on some other problems. <laughs> See, I could work for you. Yeah. You, you would not when I was 30. You couldn't have. I was the biggest a-hole in the world back then. Uh, actually, when you were forty, no. <laughs> <laughs> very, very funny. Very, very funny, man. But yeah, ser- I, 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 it might seem kind of silly now, but that just put me in a really great mood because uh, that ten minutes brought back the ten minutes that I lost. So yeah. now I'm, it's all even. No, you're even. Okay. So that's good, man. And he was uh, he was our guest on Car Selling Secrets. Yeah, and had a cool car actually. So what, it was a, a what was it? A Corvair. It's called a Spider, which is Spider slang for convertible. Oh, really? so they use all these different words like cabriolet. It's like, okay, it's a convertible. Just mm-hmm. call it a convertible. I, I drove the Corvair all through, uh, all, well, through the last couple years of high school because I had a good friend who drank too much. And, what are you looking at me when you say that? Well, no, I, I, I just... Different good friend. <laughs> different good did I, friend. Did I do that? <laughs> well, it's just... Sorry, let me start over. Yeah, let's start over. No, but this friend of mine, you know, he, he drank a lot and he had a Corvair. And, you know, as bad as it is to be in a Corvair, to be in a Corvair driven by a guy who's drunk, now that's basically you're just begging for the coffin. Yeah, it really is. So no I you're like to, William Tell. But I had to stop drinking because of him. 
I'd still be drinking today if it wasn't for him. Yeah, Because I, I had yeah. to be the sober driver just to make sure I didn't get killed, uh, you know, because after all, I was 16. I, yeah. I, I you know, I, I would have died a virgin if it hadn't been for him. Imagine that. Yeah. So he had that car for 20 years? 20 years. <laughs> 20 years. That, kind of, that one kind of wrote today. itself. But, so, but you couldn't even take it, like, if, if taking a left turn, you were taking your life into your hands. <laughs> Why a left car. turn? Because the car would just like sweep out from under you. Oh, yeah, they really? weren't weighted no very well. In the back? All, uh, no, no traction. It, yeah. it, and all the weight was back there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it was like a uh, trailer that had all yeah. the weight in the back. Right. It, yeah. Oh, I've never brought this up to you, I don't think, Dougie, but it just popped into my head because of what he just said a left turn. When I was at Capitol Records, you got a company car as one of your benefits. Mm -hmm. Whatever car you wanted, you could go lease it and they would pick up the lease and everything would be good. So I got one of those uh, Landau roof Oldsmobile. What were they? They're probably a Cutlass. Was it an Oldsmobile Cutlass? Yeah. Probably. Real, probably. Very popular car back in the late 70s, late early 70s. 80s. Well, this was the late 70s. So I'm going uh, east on West Broadway in okay. North Minneapolis. So that was the car that I toured the lakes with you. Yes, in. that's exactly yeah. right. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. So I'm driving along. This car I've had about a month now. It's a brand-new Oldsmobile Cutlass. And this might tell you why Oldsmobile is not all that popular anymore. Are they even around no, anymore? No, they stopped making them in, I think, 1990. That's right. Yeah. It's been that long? It's, it's been a long time. I they closed the decision. The home. name Oldsmobile just makes you think Grandpa's car. It's not a good name to attract the young ones. So I'm driving along. I've had this car for a month. Brand new Oldsmobile Cutlass. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. It's got the Landau roof. It's got all the cool stuff. Had a cassette player. Yeah, uh, baby. Uh, not an 8-track, a cassette. No, wow. Yeah, no 8-track. So I'm driving along, and I, the light uh, turns green as I'm coming up on it, so I don't have to brake. I don't have to you know, reduce my speed. I take the left turn, and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, what was that? The left front wheel came off the car. Ooh, oh. that's exciting. Just like, just like the steering wheel came off of my Chevy. Yeah, same story. Yeah. Could have it been just, somebody was trying to steal your wheels. And <laughs> well, well, that's what like, Yeah, they got the lug nuts off. Because that's then, an unusual failure. Wait a minute, stealing something in North Minneapolis? I know, hard <laughs> no, to hear. That couldn't have happened. <laughs> Whoever heard that one? And Andy's right, even though it's kind of an old guy's name, it's also widely thought that it, it was really the first rock and roll song was written about an Oldsmobile called Rocket 88. Oh, Rocket 88, oh, that's yeah. right. That was yeah, the name right. of the motor. God, they should have changed their name to like Cybercar 2000. That would have been awesome. Have <laughs> probably <laughs> probably wouldn't have sold much in 52. Well, no, I mean like, you know, in in the 90s, just before yeah. they went under. My we're, grandmother, we're my grandmother exclusively drove Oldsmobiles. Yeah, oh yeah, people my, my when grandpa, they got Oldsmobiles. I think Don yeah. drove an Oldsmobile, right? Yep, yeah, he did. My grandmother drove them right up until the time when she got kind of angry at other members of her family and Mm. Tried to drive the car through her garage wall. Oh, that's not good. That's not good. It was a family tradition, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think uh, I do. Yes. Mm. <laughs> he goes, yes, I think I do. Yeah. No question about it. And like, talking about that, actually, looking back, all the, the, the those great cars that came out. Yeah. Because you know, the, the Oldsmobile Cutlass was a really good-looking no, car. And that was very popular. A used car, if you had a probably a 74. Four through 79 Olds Cutlass with the bucket seats, the console shifter, and T-tops. Yep. 
it would sell instantly pretty much yeah. for anything. Was that the that Cutlass was... Supreme? It was the Supreme, Mike. Yeah, the Cutlass good. Supreme. Yeah. I thought it was a dessert. <laughs> Doesn't <laughs> it sound like a dessert? Cutlass yeah. Supreme. I would like, okay, Cutlass Supreme, please. <laughs> so what car was it that McVeigh said it was his first? It was a... Uh, Chevy Corvair. Corvair. It's funny because you said that those were the fuel-efficient you know, cars of no, the time. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and the their 23? fuel efficiency, no... Uh, 15. For a Corvair? Three, Three better than a modern F-250. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's relative. God, that seems low. I would have guessed them about in the 20s. Somewhere. Fuel efficiency was horrible back then. Oh, yeah, if you, no. You, you big Cadillac's find, got eight. Yeah, you can find charts out there of average fuel efficiency of all cars on the yeah. market. It's only gone up every year for the past mm-hmm. several decades. Well, what the, but with the Corvair, the, the inefficiency may have... Uh, may have occurred because of the fact that every time you tried to drive it straight, it went sideways. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah that's, that's path a problem. Tw- shortest path between two points is not yeah. serpentine. It's like you never want your horse to be in the eight hole. Sure, uh, yeah. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yes, eight hole. I agree. Doug, is there a a car that's thought of as the worst car ever? Pinto, probably. Uh, Pinto is <coughs> one. Probably yeah. the Eastern European was it the Treblant. Treblant. I don't even. They were just horrid cars. It's like the Yugo. I I think those two are probably, (coughs) at least in the modern era, as the worst cars ever made. Let's see. I wonder what Google says. Worst car ever made. Google. The. Well, Andy's looking that up. A friend of mine. Aztec. That was one of the ugly ones. That's what Walter White drove in uh, Breaking oh, Bad. Oh, really? No, I mean, it ran fine. It was an okay. It was just yeah. These like are mostly just weird-looking cars. You got the Aztec. You got the AMC Gremlin. Yeah. <coughs> oh, yeah, the Gremlin. Yeah, about that. You see those in all those every old movie. That's like the car oh, that yeah, dad it's drives. The, uh, um, it's like a station. Mike wagon. Myers in uh, it's his most famous movie. Uh, he has a lot of famous movies. No, I said uh, Austin Wayne, Powers, Wayne's World, Wayne's, Wayne's World, World. Wayne's yeah. World. Yeah. When they're yeah. doing the Queen song, they're driving around. Oh, is that a Gremlin? Yep. That was phenomenal. Wait, it's like this has the uh, Hummer H2 on there. It's not really a bad car. Oh. It just gets one highway, zero city. Look up the Treblant. T R A B L A N T. I tried looking it up, but I couldn't find anything. Huh. T R O T R A. I think B L A N T. I think Treblant car. Trabant. Trabant, sorry. There it is. I had an extra L. It's German. East German, though, right? Yes, East German. I guess I guess I'm too young to know the difference between them. Well, West Germany was a pretty nice place to live. East, East Germany not sucked. so much. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Did you know that if you wall? look at a satellite photo of Germany at night, you can still see the separation? Because really? the lights uh, in the east, it's all halogen, and the, le- the west, it's all... Incandescent, huh. or was until LED took over the world. Yeah, the Tra- Trabant. Yeah, kind of looks like it's made out of painted cardboard. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a pretty car. But it's slow and breaks down a lot, uh, and is unsafe. Other than mm. that, it was brilliant. Yeah, the worst car ever. A brief history of the Trabant. Okay, well, there so you somebody go. else Trabant. shares my opinion, and I might have got it from whoever wrote that years you said ago. It was a French car. No, German. Uh, German. East German. German. East German. What was the French car again? The Citroen? They have a bunch. I well, mean, so the Citroen CV2 is kind of the classic French that car. Really weird-looking car. But there was a time when, for some reason, the Renault was very popular. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Renault. I forgot about that. 
Early 80s, they had the Renault LeCar. <laughs> they <laughs> sold them oh, in the United the Lacar, States. Yeah. I had some those. friends of mine, that uh, a married couple, and they had not one but two LeCars. I'm like, yeah, oh, my boy. Jesus, God. really? Pieces of crap. <laughs> I have a question for you. Sure. Do you think America sucks? It's <clears throat> an interesting segue. No, just uh, there, there's a reason I ask that question. It's a very important reason I ask you. Do you think America sucks, or do you think it... No matter how our, you know, our trials and tribulations, all the rest of it, it's probably still one of the greatest countries in the world, don't you think? I would agree with that. Andy, I think Mike? there's plenty of room for improvement. Yeah, sure. Well, the idea but, is certainly fantastic. Yeah. yeah, if people would just do what they're supposed to do. We're kind of straying from it, I think, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, there are other places in the world I wouldn't mind living, but the U.S. No, would be in the, in the top ten. If I moved out of the United States, I'd move to Portugal. Yeah. That's where I would go, yeah. The reason I'm asking you that... Iran lost to the United States in soccer. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know where you're going Security here. Security forces shot 31 people who were celebrating the loss. Well, shot them. Well, I mean, <laughs> celebrating <laughs> for a soccer fan is burning down a city block. No, no. The guy oh. who was shot dead first was honking his horn. Mm. Oh, that son of a bitch. <laughs> That's way out of line. He should know the laws of the land. He's honking his horn, so they, a cop shot him in the head. I mean, what? Where are we? Well, I mean, headed? no one's ever. I don't think there's a lot of people out there who are going to say Iran is one of the best places to live. I would think, or so. even a nice place to live. Probably it's not. just a place to live if you have to. At How least about? in Saudi Arabia, you know, you'd, you'd get a, like a, a whole day dedicated to you. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's exactly right. Though I used to travel vicariously through uh, Anthony Bourdain. I loved his TV show. I that, was that was really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, it was really good. He did a show in Iran, and it was. It was pretty cool. He found, apparently, in Tehran, with a small section of young Iranians, American car culture is huge. And they've got all these That's old 70s muscle cars, right. and they have clubs and do burnouts and all that sort of stuff. You would never suspect that. but No, that's pretty much true. I, I just... It just amazes me, though, that people are, that everything sucks and everything's horrible and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, well, look around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it's great, but it's a hell of a lot better than most places. There's no question about that. I'm trying to find something that was going to I don't know. It just, the, the, what do you think, Mike? No, I mean, uh, you're right. And, and there are other countries where, you know, ex-presidents <coughs> celebrate Nazis. So we don't have that to worry about. Celebrating Nazism. Yeah. <laughs> That would be horrible. You know, I noticed that kind of has bled into both sides of the coin since I'm a centrist. There's a little to the left and a little to the right there. Telling me what I can and cannot say is getting a little touchy for me. Mm -hmm. I'm getting really, really tired of that already. We've been rewatching Silicon Valley in the most recent episode. I love that One show. of the guys that they were going to hire... Uh, was gay, but he was also openly Christian, and they're like, oh, shh, you can't say that. This is Silicon Valley. I mean, I, you, <laughs> you can't, can't say, say Christian. It was, that it is was true. hysterically funny. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, I, I cannot believe that people are being told what you can and cannot say. Now, I do have to ask you guys, because I'm not on social media, and I will never again be on social media. There are a lot of problems with TikTok right now, is there not? Don't, do, I don't follow it. Good, good move. Anybody? Problems? I mean, aside from being Chinese spyware, is there a different problem? Well, just, uh, you know, apparently they dump a bunch of garbage. You see, the problem you have is, and it, we've talked about this before, it's been stated now that 65 to 70 percent of the people on Earth are really stupid. Oh, I, can, I would I think that's low. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's low. Well, that was yesterday. Yeah, that's, yeah, that was yesterday. It's up to about 80 percent today. 
But no, we're getting dumber as a species. There's well, yeah, no question you know, I've talked about, about that. that many times. Yeah. We're a friend of mine dumb. posted something, and I actually copied it because I knew it would come up. It was a, 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 a what's the word I'm looking for? An editorial in the New York Times a week or so ago. An opinion piece. And the guy said, "I think one day we'll look back at this moment in human history with ast- with astonishment. Social media <coughs> companies have all turned us all into an unpaid workforce. Yep." Willing, uh, producing free content because of our desperation to be seen, heard, yep. and liked. That's exactly thought, right. It's very true. I don't know who Charles Bow is, but I think he's. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, if you if you think about it, something. Charles Bow. <clears throat> it just says Bow. Is it Blow? B L O W. Okay, yeah. Chuck Blow. And maybe there's another guy named Charles Bow, but I that don't would know. seem unusual. It would no, be. It, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, not, he's, he's not, pretty good. not Charles Bow. We want to talk to Charles Blow. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank he's you very the, much. Great to be here. Yeah, no, sideline reporter. But, for... but I, I, you know, the, the, the problem with the internet, the biggest problem with the internet, to me, is not the fact that you've got all the bots and you've got all the disinformation. Yeah. The problem is that it is, it is basically taught people how not to read. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Or... If you can't read, you can't learn. Uh, you're absolutely, you know, we just had this argument yesterday in the KQ Morning Show that people are, young people are telling their parents, well, I don't have to read or any of that stuff. All I have to do is just punch a couple of buttons. I can get the answer to anything I need. Yeah. They don't want the knowledge anymore. No. It's like I mean, when that's I was, really bad. When I was in school, you know, of course, as soon as you learn what a calculator is and then they tell you to do some head math, every kid says, well, why can't I just use a calculator? Mm. And the teacher invariably would say, because you're not going to be carrying a calculator with you wherever you go. <laughs> yeah. And, now, and that's not true anymore now, is it? But the biggest, you know, the biggest problem is if you, if you don't read, you won't know how to write. And right. if you don't know No how one to, can write. And if you don't know, well... <clears throat> Some of us can, but, <laughs> but we're Could all it? but we're all elderly now. Yeah, that, well, that's true. But, oh God, I mean, even major news outlets riddled with typos and grammatical errors. Oh it's yeah, ridiculous. Oh no, no, it's it's definitely true. But the the problem is that that if you can write and and read, it is so much easier to originate thoughts. To, yeah. To oh, be yes. Creative. oh yes. Well, that's why feudal lords kept their subjects illiterate, because then they could just go to the village and say, "This is what this says," mm-hmm. and you can't argue with it because you don't know what it says. Right. So you got to trust me. Yep. Yeah. You know, I always felt bad about teasing my father. I, was he illiterate? When I was a little kid. No, he was <laughs> a professor at Harvard. Quite the opposite. He and his he and his uh, brother wrote several developmental psychology textbooks. Mm. And my dad never really learned to type, and he would write them out longhand. So oh. we'd have just, like, piles of stuff yeah. and Wrist would sending be killing chapters. Yeah. And I'd give him shit about this all the time. It's like, I can't even write a PhD, and he can't type. He'd write everything out. Not even a typewriter? finally he explained to me why he did that. He goes, Doug, the reason I do that is my brain sometimes goes so fast, it's the only way that I can slow things uh, down. Oh, sure. Out. I thought, sure. that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I do. When and I he type... didn't seem like a manic person to me. He just seemed rel- pretty even-keeled, actually, much I mean, more so than his son. You'd probably say that I'm not particularly manic. No. Maybe, maybe rather slow in some ways. But when I type out things, especially longer paragraphs online, you know, I'm having a discussion, I invariably go back, reread it, Alter something, reread it again, alter another thing. I probably do that five times because it is very easy to type as fast as you think. Yeah. Mm. But the speed of thought is a little faster than the speed of coherence. 
It I can be, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's one reason why, for me, the most liberating liberating thing I ever did, and and the thing that helped me the most in terms of becoming a writer, becoming a little better at thinking, was learning how to type when I was in tenth grade. Yeah. Uh, partly because of my right, handwriting was totally illegible. Mine's terrible too. It Mine looks like I have a stroke. Incredibly awful. Yeah. Really but bad. once once you can once you can you know use that keyboard today when typing then you know then actually what happened was that that your brain uh, and and the mechanical mechanical gesture of putting ideas down on paper kind of worked in sync doug how are things going at burnsville and coon rapids nissan well we're in first and second place for the year in minnesota that's pretty impressive what do you think the secret is well clearly people like overpaid morning djs that can't throw a first pitch over the plate that hurt my feelings on so many levels. Sorry. Some people actually like these goofy ads, but there's a lot more to it. I think people really like the one-price upfront approach. They know they are being treated fairly. Yep. The free 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty doesn't hurt either. So what's going on this month? Well, inventory's finally getting better. We've got 75 Rogues and 25 Pathfinders available for delivery this month, and Nissan just came out with 1.9% for 36 months for people with good credit. The way interest rates are climbing these days that's pretty darn good dougie with all those rogues and pathfinders free powertrain warranty and low interest rate financing no wonder burnsville and coon rapids are setting records we're like the aaron judge and roger maris of nissans no no you're not michael bryant brad sean bryant what's the latest uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. You just brought back this magnificent memory. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. I had forgotten about this. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm still getting over this cold. Um, I took typing in 10th grade at North High School, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know, we go to Christmas vacation, and we come back from Christmas vacation, and we're going to start typing, learning how to type, right? We go to class. We find out, not going to work, kids. About half you can stay. Half of the typewriters were stolen over the Christmas holiday. <laughs> Got to get that Selectric out over to the pawn shop. <laughs> they stole half the typewriters. I it ran out. When oh, I God, first came I back it. to work for the Walzers, almost 18 years ago, they put me in charge of a Lincoln Mercury store. And I was getting to know the staff, and I was the service manager was a, probably a, just a few years older than I and he was finishing up an email, and he's like, <clears throat> I mean, typing a 200 words a minute. Really? 
on a typewriter? Well, not okay. two hundred, but I mean, he's smoking typewriters. Fast. I can't. No, it was a, it was. You have to uh, smash a, the. Key. I, a, I could I could do especially working for newspapers. I could do one hundred and twenty words a minute. That's that's really oh, I fast. Suppose, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm a really I'm, I type. So I remember day. asking him. I says, "Dude, you type like the wind." Was your typing teacher really hot? And he looked up and he goes. Actually, she was. <laughs> <laughs> See, different experiences. Yeah, well. I don't do the home row thing. They always teach you to do home row when they're tell, telling you how to type. Yeah, you keep your fingers on the home row and then you go from there. But I don't really hmm. do that. I do. I, the, no. I was taught that way. Well, so. it, that's how I was taught I too. I don't think but they teach kids typing anymore, do if, they? If they just sort well, of no, learn no, it. of course not. They because they all know how to keyboard. Yeah, but, yeah, that's true. But yeah, every, everything's on the phone now, so I learned to type. Yeah. But the, the key to typing very fast, and it's also the key to working that keyboard fast, is that your fingers do not rest on the keys. Right. Your no, fingers always up. dance above it. Right. Yep. Yep. And you get into a rhythm, and it's it's you know it's almost a religious. Well, for me, it's the closest thing to a religious experience. I have a question for you because I never did get to go to typing class, so I never learned how to type. Sitting here at my computer, my desktop, how much faster could I type on this than a typewriter? Almost twice as fast. Probably, I yeah. Probably uh, it would depend on the typewriter. If it was an uh, old mechanical one, yeah. yeah probably I suppose the twice. newer ones, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I I learned how to type. On, a, on an old, uh, like the old gray box Royals. Oh, sure. And I could type so much faster on those than I could keyboard. Huh, really? Because with the keyboard, the problem with the keyboards is that you may just touch it. That is true. Yeah. And, and you make a lot yeah. of typos that way. And you make yeah. a lot of typos. That's um, true. But no, and actually, you know, being being ADHD, the 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 typewriter as opposed to writing stuff down. The typewriter allowed me to think and write at the same time. Hmm. Yeah, when I'm writing, I have to focus on being at least somewhat legible. Yeah. I've spent half my energy, you know, not just writing one line with bumps in it, basically. So I have a cool typewriter story. I, I've been, I, I get all the family stuff. I just dig it and I collect it. So I've got my grandmother's oh. 1935 Smith Corona Portable. Oh, God. wow. It still and works? Well, that, this is the, the oh, cool yeah. part of the story. So it, it was needed a new uh, roller and some other stuff and some adjustments. I'm like, you know, my kids are getting to that age. They might think this is kind of cool. And my daughter took to it right away. There's a, a place on Crosstown and Penn called Veiled Typewriter. I haven't been there for five or six oh, years. Oh, God. Yeah, but I it's know still, it's a typewriter repair shop. It's like walking right back into time 40 oh, yeah. years ago. And the guy that runs it, I don't remember his first name, his last name's Vale. Super nice dude, really knowledgeable. He fixed up the whole Smith Corona for about 60 bucks. And mm. it's, uh, it was kind of neat. So. Yeah, we had a typewriter. I don't remember what it was, but we had a typewriter when I was a kid. It was mom's. I think it might have been her mom's. I don't know. But the only thing I remember about it really is that you have to smash the keys yeah, in order to get the ink to actually connect with the paper. So <laughs> yeah, that you must problem. hurt your fingers <laughs> typing me, like that. For me, the big breakthrough was that remember the first time you typed on an IBM Selectric? Well, those things are, are the worst things possible <laughs> for a writer. They're, they're just they're just horrible because again, there you was just, a feeling you of power when down. you hit the keys though because there's like bam, it's yeah. all electric. So. And the yeah. other problem is you know when you with the with the royal type with the mechanical typewriters you get into a perfect rhythm yeah. with those things yeah and and honestly god it helps you write mm -hmm. when you oh, yeah, everything's bet. working together well there's a lot of people out there who swear by mechanical keyboards which are keyboards 
Do you remember those keyboards from like the 80s, the old IBM PCs, where every key made a very audible click? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And people still swear by those a lot of the time really? because yeah. they feel like that click, it's kind of like you've got the tactile uh, function of hitting the key. That's what I'm talking about. But you about. also make us, it makes a sound so multiple senses are working together. I, I had a business partnership. It was about horses. Um, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Like, I don't know, maybe it was 20 years ago, which, you know, if you're a person of a certain age, it doesn't That's seem like that. last week. Yeah, yeah. And and so uh, the uh, I was uh, the the business partner. He he didn't uh, he didn't have call waiting. He didn't have a computer. He didn't have any way that you could communicate with him when he was on the phone, which eventually ended our partnership. Yeah, because sometimes I needed to get a hold of him yeah. very quickly. Should have given him a beeper. And I, yeah, and I, and I said, you got to get a. T I mean, look, you got to get a computer. You know, I realize that that you're a luddite and all that, but you just have to have your <laughs> That's kids. Not very nice. No, well, I mean, the guy he he actually would have would have agreed. He took that as being a compliment. Would a luddite know they're a luddite? Well, it's a conscious decision. Yeah, well, it I suppose, is a conscious yeah, I suppose decision. That's true. Yeah. yeah, it is. No, he was proud of it, and. And so I, he said to me, well, Mike, do you honestly think that if, uh, if Shakespeare were alive today, he'd be using a computer? And I said, no, Bill, I don't think so. I think he'd be using a, a quill yeah. and parchment paper. <laughs> oh, could be. You yeah, never know. You never know. Uh, but it's just silly. I have a question for you guys because, like I said, I never got to go to typing class, so I never learned how to type. And while you were talking, I was looking down at the keyboard. Who decided to put the letters where they are, and why did they put them that way? I think some guy named Cordy. Cordy. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was Cordy. Cordy, uses Cordy. Cordy, Cordy U yep. uh, yeah. I actually yeah. know the answer to that. Oh, you do? They are designed to minimize jamming in typewriters. Really? Ah. So the keys that you... Pair sure. to or makes sense. letters that you pair together are farther apart because on a typewriter, if you hit a bunch of letters at the same time that are very close together, mm -hmm. the hammers will jam. Oh, that's oh. true. Yep. Yeah, that's true. So that's why it's designed that way. And because in your mind, there are certain words that always have to end in a certain way. So, in other words, if if you're typing a word that that uh, that ends with i n, mm -hmm. you're just you're just instinctively you're going to put a g on it yeah you know what's funny about that hmm. and i'm not kidding when you started talking i looked on it looked at the i n and then the g yep, before all... you even said it yeah and that's all... weird none of them are <laughs> right next to each other yeah <clears throat> no i's upper right uh, n is right in the middle of the bottom and uh, g is uh, leaning left in the in, in the, the center. middle row yeah. yeah yeah in the home row. but i literally was looking at i n g as you said you take the i n and i'm like Ooh. <laughs> well that's how words work well, perverse minds think alike <laughs> Perverse minds? Does it have to be that way? No. Well, did you know that if you take a sentence and for every word you scramble the middle letters, so you keep the first and last letter the same, but you scramble the middle, you'll still be able to read it. Really? Because we read words as groups. Right. Rather than each letter individually. Yeah. I right. mean, like, yeah, if right. you're in, like, you know, first grade and you you read, you know, letter by letter, it wouldn't work. But for someone who is literate, like an adult, it works. Your brain just automatically fixes it. 
That's amazing. Hmm. Very interesting to think See, about. That stuff fascinates me. All the reasons why things are the way they are. I did not know about the jamming part, but now that you said it, it makes, it makes complete sense. sense. Yep. It makes perfect sense. But uh, yeah, looking at the keyboard, why they were put the way they are, the spacing and mm -hmm. forward and backward and shift and all that stuff. No, yeah, caps lock and shift and uh, control, all that stuff is where it should be. But I always wondered why the letters are the way they are. Not just like alphabetical? Yeah, not just alphabetical. Well, in a lot of European countries, it's not QWERTY, it's AZERTY. I don't know why that is. Hmm. A-Z-E-R-T-Y. Because A is right below the Q, but the Z is below the, the Q, A. A is, and Z are all on the yeah, very what, left. What countries yep. do that? I think Germany does it. Oh, wow, well, that makes sense. I think France does it. We see. open the, store, the, the show with a story about how yeah, stupid the Germans go. are, well, charging and, money and, to get your car to I'm work. I'm going to call my mother. She was 100% German. <laughs> uh, France uses it. Of course, in Germany, you know, there was a time when the, uh, the Z always was preceded by the A. Yeah? Mm hmm. I suppose. I suppose that's true. <laughs> Just uh, ask. No, I won't go there. <laughs> uh, you, won't, you won't? No, I won't. Never mind. Uh, I don't have to. No, that's, I don't that's have That's the to. beauty. Remember the old, uh, the old uh, Doug was talking about this typewriter place on Crosstown, but there used to be like a virtual typewriting palace. It was a place where I used to go to just to admire mechanical typewriters. Oh, yeah. You remember the place? It was on 31st and Nicollet. Okay, I'm, at, I'm looking at 31st and Nicollet right now. Absolutely. The, the Royal Typewriter Company. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right across from, from where the old Nicollet Park was. Right. I thought you were yeah, going to say It would have been uh, right down the street from the Vice President Bar. That's the right. Vice President yes. Bar. And, what, and right where the Millers played. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Nicollet Field, yeah. I thought you were going to say, I'm looking at 31st and Nicollet right now. Look out, he's got a gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the old White Castle. It used to be right down the block. Speaking that was on Blaisdell, I, I think. the White Castle oh. might still be there, actually. Well, the Blaisdell really? unit, yeah. That was that was the most exciting unit in town. Well, you'd met But no, they, they closed Sandbows a while ago. What? Uh, no yes, more they did, Sandbows. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to tear the Kmart down. I wonder if they are, they have. I haven't been down there yeah. forever. I remember when they put that up some Why did they let ago. them block Nicollet Avenue? I will never understand You that. know, one time Kmart had a lot of power. It was Kmart, to believe. Yeah. That's, yeah, it did. Yeah. You're going to block a street? And didn't they just, like, like only recently finally tear down the Kmart? Well, that's what we were just think, talking yeah, about. I, I don't think they are tearing it I down. I know that they were going to. I don't know that they actually have Maybe one. they I, haven't I, yet. That I don't know. I do not know. White Castle is now on Blaisdell yeah, and that's, Blake. That's always yeah, been there. It's yeah. always been there. Well, so yeah. Blaisdell, it's uh, Nicollet first and then Blaisdell. No, first is on the other that side. That place Nicollet. was one thirty in the morning. Oh, many nights. Very entertaining. Well, I will tell you, you remember Greg Osham, don't you? He used the name Greg Austin when he was at KWB and he worked at KSDP and I worked with him up in uh, up in North Dakota mm -hmm. and then when he came down, so I come back home and then he moves down about a year later. <clears throat> so we're driving around one night. We go to the bars and all that stuff. It's one o'clock. The bars are closing back then at one o'clock, and he goes, "Oh my God, they have a White Castle. Let's go to the White Castle." I said, "Okay, we'll go to the White Castle." So I pull in. I'm driving. And I pull up to the back door around behind the place. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to park the car. You can go ahead and go on in and place your order. I'll come in. I'll park the car and come on in, right? Mm -hmm. So it's now 1.30 in the morning, and he's in there, a kid from uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota, or mm -hmm. Fargo maybe it was. 
Uh, he goes into the White Castle. First time he's ever been to White Castle in the city of Minneapolis. I walk in, and three guys have him surrounded, and Greg is taking his jacket off. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, this guy wants to try my jacket on. I said, no, 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 that's not going to work. I said, you three, hit the road. You uh, go to the car, and if I don't come out in a couple of minutes, drive away because it ain't going to be pretty. I literally think that he was going to give him that, oh, here, you can try my jacket on, sure, no problem. Nah, not a good plan. Wow. The best the best story I heard about the Blaisdell unit. Um, the Blaisdell unit, I like that. Yeah, you know, it was, it was that's what we always called it. And sure. A, a friend of mine was in there, you know, they'd been drinking. I know that's a shot. Really yeah. hard to believe. So it's like about, it is about one thirty in the morning, and it's a winter night. And so people are dragging in the snow, and the snow is melting. So guy, guy comes up to the window, and he, and he says, uh, yeah, I want, uh, or, or however it was you ordered. I don't even remember. But I think, I think at the, that place you go up to the window. Up to yeah. the window, yeah. And he'd say, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have five sliders, and I'm going to have a couple of uh, onion rings and uh, chocolate malt. And uh, he goes on for a while. And... Um, the uh, then he uh, then he turns around to go back to the seat, slips on the on the snow, hits his head on the floor, oh. and uh, and uh, so somebody you know his friend is there and he says, "Call for an ambulance! Call for an ambulance! My buddy's hurt. He's 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 had a concussion and and he's unconscious." And so they call for the ambulance, and then about three minutes later, the guy behind the counter says. All right, I got uh, five sliders here, uh, chocolate malt, onion rings, oh, no. and the guy on the floor opens opens up his uh, eyes and says, "That's mine." <laughs> and his buddy says, "Cancel the ambulance." Cancel the ambulance. <laughs> Apparently, he knows it's his meal. Can't. What was the thing that? What was the name of the bar right across the street from the White Castle? Maybe down if you went right across Lake Street and then down about a quarter block, there was a, a bar slash restaurant there. God, I can't remember the so name. So was that to the east or west? Went uh, just to the west. Just to the west. Just to the west of of uh, of Blaisdell. Blaisdell, and I got I that bar was there forever. Hmm. But every time I went in there, there was a couple, and they ate dinner there every night. <laughs> hmm. And I am not joking. You put the two kids together at about eleven hundred. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I well, mean. Sounds about right. Bar food every night. That'll do that to you. <laughs> that'll do it. That's where they That's where they uh, spent their fourth anniversary, or as they called it, the golden anniversary. Yeah, the golden <laughs> anniversary. I'm not kidding you. They were two of the biggest people I've ever seen. And I'm not ripping them. I'm no, just no, telling you. I understand, you. yeah. Like they're eating bar food, as Andy said, every night. You're going to weigh a ton of money. Yeah. Done, done, done away. But I, I just, they were always in there. And what I can remember is the guy didn't have any teeth. Oh, God. No, he didn't so need he, any. He didn't need any. He, he just, just swallowed whole like a duck. <laughs> <laughs> he could have been in radio. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. Those old great memories of psychotic people. <laughs> yes. And we are back with Stretch's picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. 
I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. There was a place in North Minneapolis right uh, across Broadway from North High School. It's called The Clock. Remember The Clock? Oh, right? yeah. Sure. Yeah. It used to be a clock up in Robbinsdale. Right, right. And then the one right across the street from there. I think every time I went in there, I got in an argument with somebody. Every time. Gee, so did I, but I, that's different, though. Different kind of an argument? No, it's just that I get in an argument everywhere I go. No, so do I, though. <laughs> I mean, you do realize that. God, it was funny. Yesterday, um, you know, I, I do the stairs here. I do a, a bunch of flights of stairs, get some exercise, and I walk the floors here, get a bunch of miles in. Mm-hmm. And I start at 4.30 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going up the stairs like a little after 5 o'clock yesterday, right down the hall here. And I hear a guy coming down from the fifth floor. And so, because I'm wearing tennis shoes, he can't hear me. And so I'm going to warn the guy just that I'm there, so first of all. scare the so crap scare out of him. Five in the, the guy, morning, right? I get it. <clears throat> so as I'm turning the corner, I look up, and he's got this really crabby look on his face. I mean, and I'm like a lot bigger than he is. So I just wanted to let him know that I was not there to harm him. I yeah. wasn't going from floor to floor to rob offices and stuff like that, right? So I said, how are you doing today? And he just scowls at me. And I said, oh, not very good, huh? And he goes, no. I was like, Jesus, pardon me. I'm trying to tell you I'm, I'm not a danger to you, and you're a total prick to me. Well, maybe it wasn't doing well today. Yeah, but wouldn't you, if a guy was twice your size, you'd be a little more polite? At 5 o'clock in the morning? Uh, anytime. <laughs> or anytime, for that matter. Why do you think it is that people refuse to make eye contact now? Why do, Why is that? Or is it just me? I think it's just you. They won't make eye you contact You say that all me. the time. It's and true. I, they it's won't not my it. experience. I, every once in a while, and I'll sound like I'm a million, it's usually somebody in their 20s. Yeah. That kind of like yes, pretend right. you're invisible. But that yes. doesn't happen very often. Oh, it happens to me all the time. Huh. Maybe it's this building. Well, with, with masks, you know, when, when, during the period when That's true. everyone was wearing a mask, I still am, but when everyone was, mm-hmm. you know, the eyes were the only thing you could see. Yeah. Yeah, true. And then so I think that once people started taking taking off the mask, then people started looking at other features. Mm. It's like, see, now I can look somewhere else. 
but see, that's really sad. But it's not really natural no, for most people natural. to look in other people's eyes. It's, no, it's it, not for me. I'm terrible at maintaining eye contact. Really? I hate it. What, I've, why? I've been that way since I was a kid. But that's the only way you can tell what someone's intentions are. Just oh, is that because I grew up in a glance. dangerous neighborhood, do you think? That could be. I grew up yeah, around maybe. horses and that's true. dogs, so you know, it's so easy to I'm tell the what they're one. thinking. That's what you're saying is I'm the odd one here? Mm-hmm. It's your fault. Oh, I know some Mike and uh, Doug just jumped in. I'm sorry, what? Uh, what? Um, What'd you say? Yeah. No, I, I think that, I'm, I'm. for me, making eye contact was never easy. No, really? No, not a natural thing It takes a certain kind of person, I think. Well, I discussed this with my shame group last week. <laughs> <laughs> Did you make eye contact with them? Oh, hell no. You and I make eye contact all the time. Why is that? I think because we I'm not scared of you and it's you're the, not scared of me. And It's the better you know a person, 36 years. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... Well, I've known you actually 40 years, haven't I? But you've noticed I tend not to make <laughs> eye contact with very many people. No, in fact, I true. worry about that, that lots true. of times when, when we have guests in here, you know. And I'm conscious of the fact that I'm not looking at them. And then I worry that maybe yeah. they take that the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, mine is when they're really aggressive. Hey, look, if somebody doesn't want to make eye contact, I understand. Well, right. Uh, it's no big deal, but it's when they're, like, aggressively avoiding you. That's, the, like, what is wrong with you? Well, if Calm you think down. about it, humans are probably one of very few species on Earth that maintains eye contact on purpose. Oh, yeah, because except it's to intimidate. considered to be an act of aggression. In, yeah, almost every other really? species. Staring yeah. into a, another one's eyes mm-hmm. is, yeah, it's aggressive. So is that why I was taught that as a child then? I don't remember who taught that, but, but I was told when I was very, very young by several people, make eye contact with people because otherwise they're going to think you're afraid of them. Yeah. Yeah, could be. Actively avoiding someone's glance is a sign of being afraid. Yeah, it or is. it's a sign of being uncomfortable with eye contact. It's impossible or to tell. Or you're a prick. Or that. Well, like if you have if you have a cat and you've had many, mm-hmm. and I uh-huh. have two, and um, well, they'll maintain eye contact forever. Well, what they what they do is if if you stare at a cat, especially if you don't, you know, if it's not your cat, yeah, they do. They do look at it as an act of aggression. Oh, yeah. there's no doubt about that. But, but if you slow wink the cat. Yep, you can slow blink at them. Yep. That's, the, that's the trick. Yep. Really? Mm-hmm. I can see that. I did not know. Yeah. That's how cats signal to other cats that they're not a danger. They blink slowly because it's like, look, I'm closing my eyes, which means I'm not afraid that you're going to attack me. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's kind of like uh, if you've ever been around a nervous dog, you'll notice that they yawn a lot. Yeah. Yawning is a sign of submission in dogs. Really? Because if you're yawning, you can't be fighting. I, I suppose. I suppose that's true. What's a sign of submission in uh, criminals, Officer Dave? Officer Dave, but uh, they they refuse to make eye contact. Yeah, there you go. I can look at someone and and be talking to them, and if they're telling me their story and they're looking away, I know right away that all right, there's something up with this story. <laughs> Well, you'd be kind of an intimidating guy to be staring at, though, too. I do. I do. When you guys were talking about that, I sent Andy a text and said, geez, I catch people staring at me all the time. That's different, though. I suppose. I mean, yeah, it's I different. Sp- They're like, oh. Yep, they look away when yeah. you look at them, and then they go back to staring. So that does happen to you, <laughs> exactly. Officer Dave, that, that people stare at you, and then when you make eye contact, then they look away? Oh, God, yes, Tom, all yeah, the time. Yeah. Maybe they just think you're hot. <laughs> oh, I doubt it. <laughs> no. Smart Alec. 
Wise guy. <laughs> I doubt it. So, no, but, yeah, that's – and my dad always told me, he says, if you're going to talk to somebody, look them right square in the eye. Yep. yep. I was taught that as a you kid, know, not by it, my dad, but I was taught that. Yeah. Not by your dad. Yeah, well, I wonder that, why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, my dad was like, that way they know what kind of guy you are and you know what kind of guy they are. Well, it's, a, it's assertiveness rather than aggression in humans. But a lot of people do. Yeah, and I think they uh, take being stared at in the eye as aggression if you do it for too long. Right. Suppose, yeah. Well, you can also you, you can cut you can sort of cut it halfway by looking between their eyes. Yeah, that's oh, a I trick a lot of people do. I'm doing that to you right now. <laughs> I hate that. Well, uh, yeah, I don't do it, but <laughs> a lot of people have to do it, especially people who have like issues, like legitimate issues with eye contact. They'll yeah. look at the forehead or between the eyes or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's funny you bring that up because the first thing they teach you in public speaking is if you're speaking to a loud, a large crowd, you look over their heads because mm-hmm. oh, they yeah. can't tell you're not looking at them. Yep. Yeah. That, well, it's like a teleprompter. That's how they position a teleprompter in certain ways so that if you're looking at it, it looks like you're looking at the camera. Hey, the guy at McDonald's says you're always right. ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I always forget to turn that ding thing down. Nah, you're fine. Well, come in and see us before Christmas, pal. I will do my very, very best. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good, sir. Have a good one, gang. You Bye. I was just looking at something that popped up on my screen just now. You guys have seen Home Alone, the movie? Quite a few times. Yeah, I love that movie. You seen it? Yeah, a long time ago. It's Mike, have you seen it? Um... Sort most of it. Most of it. Yeah. Joe Pesci just made a statement about that movie last night. Did you know in that scene where his hat catches on fire? Remember that scene is where mm-hmm. he's wearing a stocking cap and it catches on fire. Yeah. yeah. The uh, he opens the door and it's a uh, the torch. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he claims now, and people apparently agree with him, that his head actually did start on fire. His well, I hair. mean, you, it's really. A, even if it's a prop, you know, stocking cap that's fireproof, it's still on fire, so that heat's going to go through. And it, I guess his head actually caught on fire. It said, Pesci, one home alone scene really hurt. <laughs> I suppose it would. Yeah. God, can you imagine how, like, getting a bad take on some of those scenes, like where oh. they fall down the stairs? Ugh. It's like, yeah, because they had, you see them fall. It's not a uh, it's not fake or CGI or anything. Yeah. They didn't do that back then. So they were falling down icy stairs, but they were doing it in a way that it wouldn't hurt. But I'm a, I could imagine that there were a few times where they didn't fall just right, and they probably you know caught an elbow or something. Because mm-hmm. all that movie is is them falling down things. You know, all these years later, I cannot turn away from my cousin Vinny. Uh, really? If I'm because flashing across, the, well, no, it's just because it's it's just so funny and so clever. It is a great movie. And yeah, she's great. She's terrific in that movie. She, she really is. And Pesci's not bad. Oh, Joe Pesci's always good, I think. And Fred Gwynn. Fred Gwynn was in it, exactly. Herman Munster was the judge, wasn't he? Yep. Mm-hmm. Herman Munster was the judge in the deal. No, I, we've had Joe Pesci on the show just once he came on. Mm. And that's just how he is. Yeah. Hey, Tom, how you doing? <laughs> he's got that deal. Yeah, it's not, a vo- it's not a voice he does. It's his voice. No, it yeah. is his yeah. voice. Oh, but he's a very, very small man, isn't he? He's tiny. Yeah. Well, he's yeah. a typical actor. 
I mean, you know, I'd yeah, fit right in. in that is true. He'd be very tall for an actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Towering over the rest of them. <laughs> Towering over the rest of the folks. Ah, oh, geez, this just popped up. Unfortunately, uh, Al Roker's in the hospital again. That poor son bitch just cannot get healthy. Well, really? He's a very unhealthy person. He I don't really know why. Is. And he's, we've had him on the show several times, too. He's a hell of a nice man. Didn't he have, like, stomach cancer or something? Well, he had a bypass a million years ago. He had a bypass. Yeah. Oh, it was a bypass. Okay. But he also he used to be... Three, that's right, yeah. or something. But he like also, that. I thought, oh, really? Yeah, he was that a big. big I know oh, he's yeah, bigger. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We forget about that. He had yeah. prostate cancer. Ooh, Jesus! He's now he's got blood clots. How that's, old is he? Uh, let's see. Al Roker would be sixty-eight. Yeah. That's all. Well, uh-huh. some people are just uh, yeah. Two thousand one total knee replacement, gastric bypass, back operation, oh another God. knee replacement. Oh my God. Carpal tunnel, hip replacement, <laughs> prostate cancer, oh, and now geez. blood clots in the lungs. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. Al is such a nice guy. He's a very pleasant man. Isn't that too bad? I still see just, him on the uh, evening news, though, at least occasionally. Well, not now. He's in the hospital. I guess not now, now yeah. That'll be it. Uh, apparently on uh, Thanksgiving Day, the Today Weatherman posted a series of Instagram updates showing him leaving the hospital just in time to celebrate the holiday with his family on Thursday morning. Well, the next day he was back in the hospital again. Yeah. Readmitted Blood clots in the lungs after prostate cancer. It could be bad. Uh, Jesus. Mm. That's, uh, why is it happen? What happens? There are a lot of pricks in TV. Why does it happen to them? I know. Explain it to I me. don't know. It's your fault. Why is it my fault? I don't know. I just decided. Okay. I decided that was the deal. At least you had a reason. You know, i got to be honest with you. If I were a podcast fan, I would listen to this show today. Because we did 20 minutes on mechanical typewriters? No, well, <laughs> we did talk any, about typewriters a lot. Anytime you can learn something, yeah, I like that. Right. I like it when you learn Enthusiasm, things. you know. Enthusiasm. And to find out that, that Doug thinks that 80 to 85% of people are morons. <laughs> and it might be higher than that, actually. So I'll give you my most recent example. We work Uh-oh. with this other company that resells some of our products. Right. And they've had some growth and some turnover. So we have quarterly meetings where I'll reach out to their customer success team and answer questions about the product. So I'm on this Zoom call with about 25 people yesterday and go through my little 20-minute pitch. And then I said, uh, you know, at the end, I said, you know, there's a couple common questions that come up. One is, how long does it take for us to onboard your clients? And, you know, the stars line up. It's about a week, typically. If the if the data's goofy, it can take longer. But generally, as a rule of thumb, pretty safe there. And went on for another minute. And I said, uh, anybody got any questions? And this gal goes, yeah, I, I have a question. Uh, thanks for doing this, by the way. About how long does it take to onboard a customer? I, I, what? I, yeah. I, I, was this a Zoom meeting? Yeah. Yeah, she was probably doing something else. Probably. Making a sandwich or something. Yeah. Bye, No, Mike. everybody was on camera. Yeah. And I've got a big, i got the 30-inch monitor because I'm on the computer all day long, oh. so I can almost see everybody on a Zoom. Yeah. Unless it's a huge, huge crowd. Did Mike get mad at me? No, he no, said he had, he had to leave. leave 10 oh. minutes early today. We only got nine We're minutes done. left in the show. Well, you yeah. can wrap it up now if you Let's want. Let's wrap it up. I think this has been enough excitement for one person to bear for a, a, a day. I thought this was a very, very interesting show. See, I, I like I, meeting I your friend Mike. I thought he was great. Oh, McVeigh's a great guy. Yeah. And I'm, I didn't want to overstate that, but seriously, I literally thought he was dead for about 10 minutes. That would be a terrible feeling. I, I hate yeah. that. I just lost Andy Fisher. Now I'm going to lose another one of my best friends. I, no, I hated it. But thank God he, it, it was 
Well, I'd not thank God it was Christine McVie no. either. That's not what I meant. I'm so glad she's dead. I'm glad she's dead and not Mike. <laughs> yeah, that would not be good. So I've got an idea I want to run by you guys before we sign off. Um, All right. Tiffany Norton is going to be on next I week. I love Tiffany I, Norton. I, she reached out to me and goes, hey, I miss you guys. When do I get to be on the show? And I said, how about December 6th or 7th or whatever it is? What if we set her up or set Mike Gelfan up and tell Tiffany to hit on him? Oh, God, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> well, be she's an attractive funny. young woman. She's a very attractive young woman. I really like her a lot. As a matter of fact, my, in my next iteration, I would like to see if she'd like to come on once in a while. That would be great. She's I would bet she would. Too. She's a fan of yours as well, so it'll be fun. If oh, you don't know Tiffany, terrific. she uh, was an on-air personality at uh, for the Hubbard organization for a number of years, also a a uh, fairly notorious local stand-up comedian. She's done tours with our old friend Dave Mordahl. Oh. You can believe that. So Tiffany she's, uh, what? Norton. Tiffany Norton. No, yeah. I don't know if I, I, I KS ninety-five. Her. Yeah, she's been on the show yeah, once or like... twice. I think this might be Why her did she second leave KS95? time. Oh yeah, okay. Staffing cutbacks. I don't know. You can oh, ask no. her. I don't. I mean, there was no problem or anything, was it? What? Like I mean, she didn't like pull a gun on anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, she shot a bunch of people. I'm surprised you forgot about it. No, remember she? I think she trained as a police officer at one time. I think time. she did. Yeah, I think she did. She really, she's a very interesting woman. And I really like her a lot. Kind of a natural behind the microphone, unlike she's some of the other people in the room. Uh, so tune in next week at 10:30 for another exciting edition of Car Selling Secrets. We're closing in on the. What's the 150th? Is it two sep- weeks? 150th would be. Now, what do you call that? 150th anniversary. Yeah, 15th of December, too. 150 on 15. I can feel the excitement already. Anyway, we'll, th- we'll figure out a great name for it. Thanks for listening, everybody.